0: All right. If you have your Bibles this morning, go ahead and open them up to Colossians, Colossians chapter one. You know, in our lives, there's uh, there's many different things that demand our attention, and uh, many things that uh, would or could consume our time. And uh, you know, many times folks talk about having a uh, balanced. Life and uh, you know that would be different for all of us, as we're all in different places in our life. And there's no perfect mold for that. But there is one way to ensure success in our lives, as far as the balance, and that is simply by putting God first, putting putting Christ first in our lives. So Matthew six thirty three. This is a familiar passage. That we all know it says, "But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness." and all these things shall be added unto you. You know, he said, seek first. Seek God first. And as we talk about priorities and prioritizing our life and priorities in our life, uh, the first thing is the most important, right? The thing that we make sure that we put first is our priorities. This uh, would be the foundation, the foundation in which we build every other priority off of. And if we get The foundation right, the solid foundation by seeking God first or putting God first, uh, seems like everything else uh, can fall into place. You know, it's easy for other things in our lives, other uh, stuff, and it could even be good things, you know, good things begin to take the place of God or begin to take uh, priority if we're not, you know, if we're not... Uh, cautious in our in our each person here in each person's life you know our priorities may be different folks may be focusing on on children folks may be focusing on their parents it may be time to focus on schooling or or career or all those things but regardless what our priorities are for everyone we can say that it would be right and good and helpful uh, for us in our life to put to put God first you know, these uh, priorities uh, that I just listed and many others, they can shift and they can change, but if God is the foundation and, and God is first, it just seems like these other things will fall into place uh, correctly. I was thinking about uh, putting God first and how us, in a practical way, that we can put God first. What about, as a, as a suggestion, putting God first? as in the first part of the day. Or giving God the first part of our day. Now, obviously, I'm not trying to uh, suggest on how you're going to schedule your day or when it would be the best time for you, or the, be- uh, the, the most uh, easy time to read or uh, you know, spend time in the Scripture, have that quiet time. But you know, getting started right, getting the day started right, that can really at times be a time saver, can it? That can be an energy saver. It can be a, a stress relief. I mean, getting with, with God first thing in the morning. And, you know, our minds uh, a lot of times first thing in the morning are already consumed with what we have to do that day. Is that not right? You know, we begin to think. But, but how about if we put, put God first, first thing in the day, and He helps us with some clarity? Clarity of our priorities, clarity of, hey, what's important, you know? How about waking up, you know, whether it's the first five minutes or the first ten minutes or even the first hour. By the way, I don't think that even if we gave God a a lot of time in the morning that we would ever come to a spot where we'd say, uh, that was a waste of time. Would you agree with that? That spending time with the Lord and getting that, that foundation, getting that relationship strong and how... All the other relationships and all the other things that we face throughout the day would be affected, I believe, in a positive way by starting that day right. You know, waking up in the morning, and this doesn't even require hardly any effort. I mean, you could still do this while we're laying in bed, but just begin to be thankful. Having a thankful heart. You know, thank God for the smell. Thank God for the rain. Thank God for the sunshine. Thank God for the flowers. Thank God for the breath that He gives us, and thanking God for our health. Thanking God that we even have things that we have to do that day. That we do. That thank God that we are busy or that there is things that are on our schedule. You know, just beginning our day. Beginning our day, thinking about God. I, I know this sounds simple, but it, I believe that it takes a decision. I think it. It takes us being intentional on just stopping the world, you know, stopping that, all the demands that are going to come at us, stopping all the thoughts and the uh, things that are going to be coming through our mind, and just take a little time to consider God, consider Him. I don't know if you call that your quiet time, your devotional, your, uh, David talked about his meditation, his meditations toward the Lord. But in Psalm 46.10, the Bible says, Be still and know that I am God. That's a, that's a simple verse, but that's a, that's a powerful verse, isn't it? Could you imagine just taking a little bit of time in the morning to be still and know that He is God? And you, and you know what? I believe that a lot of the stress that just gets, gets us going and all the stuff that uh, you know, might not even be all that important that we worry about, we get anxious about, we get stressed about, I believe with just a little bit of time being still and knowing that He is God and knowing His promises toward us and knowing His thoughts toward us and knowing His love toward us and knowing His protection toward us just a little bit of time being still and knowing that He is God. It could just take a weight off of our shoulders. I think it could just be a wonderful experience of knowing that God is in control and God knows where we're at and God knows what we're going through and God knows what we're facing that day. Wow, what a a way to start our day. Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit thy works unto the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established. I, I submit to you that sometimes we don't even think about the right things. Sometimes in our, in our daily work, in our daily schedule, in our stuff, we, we're thinking on the... On the our, our thoughts are, are, are being guided by the stress and the other things, but I believe that just as it says in Proverbs that if we commit our work to the Lord, in other words, Lord, this is a, you know, maybe a first prayer something like this, Lord, this is what uh, I'm going to be facing today in my work day, this is what I'm going to be facing today in my, in my life, and I'm committing that to you. you believe in that? Just saying, Lord, I'm, I'm allowing you to, to lead me and guide me, and then he could give us the right thoughts and the right direction, just have us, you know, so many times folks think a relationship with Christ and a fellowship with him, it, it's going to take time. Time out, they're already busy day. I, say, I, I think it's the opposite. I think it's the biggest time saver. It's the biggest, uh, the biggest gift of just being able to allow God to, to, to lead us and guide us in our lives and commit our work to Him and then our thoughts can be established. But in order to have that quiet time with the Lord and focus on Him in the morning, we're going to have to be intentional. We're going to have to block off some of the block off that time for Him, we're going to have to almost fight, fight back some of the the pressures of life to give Him that, that first part of the day, those distractions and hindrances, all those things that demand our attention. How about giving the Lord the first day of the week? The first day of the week. I like to call it the Lord's Day. The Lord's Day. You know I love Sundays. I like them. I've liked them for a long time. Really, since I've uh, surrendered my life back to the Lord, Sundays have been a good day, a day that I look forward to. Um, Sundays, the Lord's day, is a significant day. Uh, In Mark chapter 16 and verse 9, the Bible says, Now when Jesus was risen early on the first day of the week, He appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom He had cast seven deserts devils. We see here that our Lord and Savior, of course, when He, when he died on the cross and He rose from the dead, uh, he, so much changed as we went from the Old Testament and began into the New Testament. And of course, we know that no longer our righteousness is not determined by the works of the law, by the works of the laws of Moses, but now our righteousness is imputed to us through Jesus Christ. And now, one of the significant things that changed that in the New Testament, as we see, is God's people, the nation of Israel, for you know a couple thousand years had been uh, required under the law of Moses to honor the Sabbath day, that day of rest and no work, and, and honor the Lord on the Sabbath day. But we see in the New Testament... The, the disciples and the apostles and as the, as the church begins, we begin to see uh, these followers of Christ uh, coming together and meeting together and fellowshipping together on the Lord's Day. Amen. And as we come together on Sunday mornings, I believe that it was always a good idea uh, to remember why we're coming. Remember the whole reason, you know, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if Christ be not risen from the dead, then we are all men most miserable. In other words, hey, if Christ be not risen from the dead 2,000 years ago on the Lord's Day, if He didn't rise from the dead, then hate to say it, but we're kind of wasting our time here this morning. But the good news is that He did raise from the dead and because he conquered sin and because he conquered death and because he of all those things he gives us the victory and so as a day to come and celebrate Christ celebrate the gospel celebrate the good news in Acts chapter 20 we see in verse 7 uh, Paul preaching and all of them gathering together on the first day of the week, the Lord's Day. In Corinthians, he talks about uh, setting in order of the church and how they're to bring their offering to the Lord on the Lord's Day, the first day of the week. You know, Sunday should be a day of rest. Now, I don't believe that we're under the law. And, you know, uh, I don't believe that uh, we're required in in, in in the New Testament that, you know, you can't do any work and all those sorts of things like. Uh, like, it, like it says about the Sabbath day in the Old Testament, but I do believe that the Lord laid out that pattern of rest, even from, the, from creation. And we need it. I believe that it's physically we need that day to worship the Lord, we need that day to rest. I don't know what it does for us, but uh, it kind of recharges us and sets us on course back for the, for the rest of the week. Uh, that day of rest, that day given to Christ... And again, I go back to that point. You know, so many times we get so busy in, in, the, in the society that we live today, it would be easy to go seven days a week, wouldn't it? Just keep going, just keep going, just keep going. But what if, what if we give the Lord a day? A day of rest, a day with family, a day with, uh, you know, lifting up His name and honoring Him. What if we give Him that day? Do you believe that the rest of our week could be, could be that much more profitable? you think He could do that for us? I do. I do. I believe that. I believe that God has the, the ability to be able to multiply those things. You know, when we talk about the Lord's Day, the one thing that is important for all of us is to keep Christ first on the first day of the week. In other words, keep Christ first in the church. <clears throat> keep Christ first in our hearts. You've opened your Bibles there to Colossians chapter 1. These are familiar passages. Uh, to many of you, we read these quite a bit, but they're good. First Corinthians uh, chapter 1, begin reading in verse 13 with me. Talking about Christ, God who, uh, verse 13, "...who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood." Even the forgiveness of sins. We're talking about how we've been redeemed, how we've been forgiven from our sins through Jesus Christ. Verse 15, who is the image of the invisible God? We believe that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. He is the image of God. He is uh, the, the person of God. The firstborn of every creature. Still talking about Jesus Christ, verse 16, for by Him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, principalities or powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. Look at this, verse 18, and He, Christ, is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, and all things that He might have the preeminence. As we talk about gathering together at church uh, on the Lord's Day, you know who should have the preeminence on the Lord's Day? You know who the head of the church is? You know who our focus should be on as we come come to the church or whatever we do on the Lord's Day? You know, is, is put Christ first. Put Him, you know, it's easy It's easy uh, for us to, to lose focus of that and begin to major on what I call minors. But if we continue to major on the major, and that's Jesus Christ and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, hey, we're putting the head in the right place. We're putting the head in the right place. Hey, and the Bible talks about if I be lifted up, of course, Christ was talking about his death on the cross. But he said, hey, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto myself. You know what I believe would be attractive for, for a church as outsiders look in? As if Christ is at the top. If Christ is the head. Hey, we're not elevating anybody or any group of people. We're not even trying to elevate ourselves. But if we elevate, elevate Christ and put him in the right spot, lift him up. For he is the one who's redeemed us, and He is the one who's forgiven us. And without Him, we are nothing, and Christ is all in all for us. Would you agree with that? Amen. You know, even in this uh, country, you know, I, 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 in America, you know, I'm, I'm patriotic. I, I want to see uh, freedom and liberty uh, for my children in this com- country and opportunity. But you know, I do not, trust me, I do not depend on any political system. My faith is not in any, any uh, uh, political party, not one bit. My faith is in God. And I believe the hope for this nation is God. And we have to get back to in God we trust. That's the bottom line. The people, not the politicians, the people. In God we trust a love of God, a fear of God, a reverence of God our faith and trust, not in our financial system, not in our medical system, not even in our, our military, but in God in Him alone. It's going to be us putting God first that will help us and continue us uh, uh, the land of the free. Ronald Reagan said this, I believe with all my heart that standing up for America means standing up for the God who has blessed our land. He also said, if we ever forget that we are one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Our very first president, George Washington, said this, It is impossible to rightly govern a nation without God and the Bible." Could you imagine a politician saying that today? Abe Lincoln said this, My concern is not whether God is on our side, but my greatest concern is to be on God's side, for God is always right. I believe that, and I believe that that's the hope of our nation. That's the hope of our families. That's the hope of our church is what? Putting God first, loving Him. As we're talking about putting God first and putting Him first in the first part of our day and giving Him the Lord's day, how about giving God the first thought in every decision that we make? You know, for those that are married, before we make any decisions it's right or we're supposed to, run that by our spouse, right? We may have had to learn that the hard way. We're supposed to run those decisions by them before we, uh, we, we, we go ahead and commit to it. As Christians, as Christians, as followers of Christ, hey, we've, we've given our lives to Him that has uh, given His life for us, right? By the way, isn't, when, we, when we call ourselves Christians, when we call ourselves followers of Christ, doesn't, isn't that, doesn't that supersede anything else that we call ourselves? Isn't that the greatest calling that we have? Is that relationship that we have with Christ, that birth? That birthright, you've been born into the family of God. We, 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 we then say, Christian, and so before we would make any decision, before we would take any direction in our life, wouldn't it just make sense that we would ask God, that we would seek Him for His wisdom in the path that we take? Do you believe that God is not just a God that's out there that just kind of set this thing in motion, but He is a God that wants to have a relationship with us he is a God that mentions prayer so much. You know what prayer is all about? Prayer is all about that communication, right? Why would He have us pray if he, didn't want us to, if he didn't want to be a part of our everyday life? He does want to be a part of our everyday life. And He will guide, all. I believe, all the decisions that we ask Him and seek Him for. I know this is another, but turn to Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 3. I know you guys know this. It's good to look at it again though. Proverbs chapter 3, seeking the Lord in every decision, every direction that we take. You know, I believe that when we make decisions, we could uh, put ourselves first, right? Or we could put God first. And all of us in our heart, I believe, all of us in our heart truly know which one is going to make us more happy following God's purpose and God's plan and God's direction for our life, we know that that's going to that's bring more purpose, more fulfillment. Proverbs 3, i begin reading with me in verse 5. It says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall, as a promise, and He shall direct." Pass. You know what the promise says? If we acknowledge Him, if we seek Him for that wisdom and the path that we take, He'll show us. He'll direct us. You know, sometimes I'm always baffled by some uh, 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 Christian's kind of idea of God that, that somehow they're going to make the wrong choice and then they're going to pay for it. You know, and almost like it's a mean God. But He's not that way. He's not. I believe the Bible says if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God to give it to all men liberally. I believe that if we seek God in prayer and with a sincere heart say, Lord, I want to make the right choice. I want to make the right decision. This seems like an open door, so I'm going to walk through it. Lord, if it's not your will, show me, shut it. He's not not a God that's going to say, oh, look at them, they're making the wrong choice. No, he's going to lead us like a shepherd does the sheep. Like a father his children, right? And then so after you've made that choice and you've begun down that road, uh, sometimes there's going to be resistance. Sometimes there's going to be trouble. Sometimes there's going to be trials. But don't second guess yourself. Don't begin to think, oh, what if I made the wrong choice? You didn't make the wrong choice. It's the path you're on. Continue to seek God in the direction you're on, and just keep going. Trust in Him. Trust in Him in all your ways. Acknowledging Him. Make Him the first person. You know, in any decision, this goes with your marriage, this goes with your relationships, your work, even even just the small things, just the, uh, you know, your downtime decisions. I don't know. Seek God. I believe that he will continue to lead us and guide us and direct us. You believe that? that he will direct us. The Bible talks about having the abundant life. Christ says in John 10 10, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I believe the abundant abundant life, and by the way, the abundant life doesn't mean that we're not going to have problems. It doesn't mean that, but it does mean that we're going to have purpose. And in the abundant life, I believe that that comes through following Christ, following the Lord, making Him a part of our everyday life and our everyday decisions. You know, I don't really feel like that we can be full of joy and full of self. Do you? I don't think that we really even can be full of joy and full of earthly things and trying to get our desire off of earthly things. Hey, Joy is what it's a it's a fruit of the spirit, right? It still is a fruit of the spirit. And so, what is the source of joy? What is the source of love? What is the source of peace? The source of those things is from the spirit. It's from the spirit of God giving us those things, and and those things come through us abiding in Him and fellowshiping in Him. Hey, if we're going to the Lord with our every with our decisions and seeking Him before you know, hey, you know it's. He can be involved in this, in everything either at work, just before a meeting, before a decision, before anything. Lord, your will be done. I'm seeking your will. Lead me, guide me. I'll be happy even if it doesn't go <coughs> the way that I want it to go. You know, there's been times when I've wanted some things, even recently, and, 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 and it's not gone my way. But, but uh, what, I'm tra- what I'm trying to do right, I'm still happy about it because I believe that the Lord didn't want it for us, and that I, I'm, I'm just happy that He's working in our lives. You see, he, he can come to that where you're just excited that God cares, and he, he knows the end from the beginning, and so wouldn't it be better just to trust Him? Just to trust Him. He will direct our path if we just ask. Lastly, how about the Lord having the first place in our heart? Now, this is the big one. And really, if we just get this one right, I, the other ones will fall into place, right? Hey, if God has our heart, He's got everything, right? He, I mean, if God's got our heart. Mark chapter 12, you know these verses. In verse 29 and 30, Jesus answering the scribes and Pharisees here about the, the greatest commandments. And Jesus answered and said, answered him, The first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength, for this is the first commandment. You know, loving the Lord with all your heart. Giving the Lord your heart. You know, salvation. We talk about salvation quite a bit because it's, it's such good news. A salvation is really simple. And it begins by giving the Lord your heart. You know, receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's, it's surrendering to Him, asking Him to come into your heart, forgive your sins, uh, it, it's really simple. The gospel message is simple. The Bible says, "For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved." And this is how we begin to give the Lord our heart. And once we experience His redemption and His forgiveness and His uh, His His fullness, His grace. Once we experience that, you know, to love the Lord is is. It should be easy, right? It should be easy. Why? Because he loved us first. We're not, we're not required to love a God that uh, is requiring a lot from us. That's what's so great about Christ. We love a God who gave all for us, he gave his best for us, he gave so much for us, and continues to give to us and continues to provide for us. And as we allow him to have that first place in our heart, This is simple. It's just don't let anything else take your love that belongs to Him. Don't let anything else come and steal that place in your heart that belongs to Him. From the very beginning, God laid out even in the first, uh, when He gave the nation of Israel the Ten Commandments, the first first two commandments. The first one is, have no other gods before me. And the second one is to make no graven images or idols or any likeness of anything in heaven or in earth. You know, we don't pray to metal. We don't pray to wood. We don't pray to to statues that were made by man's hands. We don't pray to a God that dwells in in buildings or in temples or in, in places like that. God's alive. He is he is—he's uh, the creator of everything, and and he says that he'll live in our hearts. Isn't that amazing? That he doesn't live in a in a temple or in a church building, but he'll dwell in us. He'll put his spirit in us. Does God have your heart? That's a simple question. You know, I believe that as we walk the Christian walk, as we live our, our lives, these are just every now and again uh, good little checkups, right? Just to make sure. You know why? Because it's easy for us to allow other things, the pressures of life, the things of life, uh, to steal that. To steal that first love. That that just uh, childlike faith in Christ. Things come in. Just examine yourself. This is a time to think in your own heart as we close, to examine your just your past week. What was our our fellowship like with Christ? Did we... Bring him our decisions throughout the week. Did we ask him? Did we seek him for his will? And then here's the here's the part where we commit to Christ this week. That maybe we'll uh, be intentional in our our mornings to give it to the Lord, and during our mornings to be still and know that He is God. To to commit our works unto the Lord, so that our thoughts can be established. That giving our heart to God. You know the thing about what you know. As humans, uh, we kind of drift, don't we? It doesn't take long. We, 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 we're, we're in love with God. I would say that it's passionate. It's real. That's what it should be. We don't want religion, right? We want a relationship with God that is just real. We're on fire and, and, and love Him. and He loves us. But then, I don't know what it is. It's just after a while, doesn't that kind of cool off and we like that? But the thing about the Lord is He's not far away. You know, it's not hard to get back close to God. He's so gracious and so long-suffering and so kind that, you know, the Bible says, draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. Hey, here this morning, all of us could just have that time of prayer, that time of fellowship with the Lord, and, and we can rekindle that fire that, hey, forget about all the other stuff. Forget about all the other things in this life for just a little while. And focus on Him. And focus on that relationship with Him. And see if, if all the other things don't kind of either fall in the right place or just fall off. Some of them, some of the things that we may be worried about aren't even worth worrying about. When we're with Him. Put Him back on the throne of our heart. Let's have just a moment of prayer and then we're going to sing. This is some time of quiet. Each of us, spend time talking to the Lord.